to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, I am happy to welcome John Horton to our podcast. He is with Jack Martin and Associates, and he is an insurance expert for all things Great Loop. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit today about the fact that in, um, hurricane season is back and what you need to consider in regards to your marine insurance for this time of year. Before I bring in John, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral-level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we hope that you will support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And we'd also like to thank Jack Martin and Associates for their sponsorship. And, and with Jack Martin and Associates is, of course, John Horton, who works with a lot of our AGLCA members. John, thanks for joining us. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me today. I really appreciate uh, being a part of this this podcast. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. Um, for those of our listeners and members who maybe don't know you yet, John, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm the sales manager, the vice president for Jack Martin and Associates here in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, we're a marine insurance agency. We were founded in 1929, and all that we do is boat and yacht insurance. Uh, my background is I'm originally from Lake Gunnersville, Alabama, and my family owns All Red Marina and basically grew up in a boat yard and uh, eventually ran the boat yard and uh, was worried more about getting money out of insurance companies uh, as the owner of a boatyard trying to repair boats. Now I'm on the other side of it, and I can you know, kind of understand the, the reason they do and do not pay claims, uh, just being able to see both sides of the industry. Right. So your experience certainly brings a unique perspective, um, and we're going to tap into that experience today to give us some advice on dealing with hurricane season and what that means for our insurance. Um, so I think a question everybody has after the recent very busy storm years we've had, uh, tell us a little bit about the effect of all those recent storms on insurance premiums, you know, and what kind of losses have been uh, realized by the insurance companies and what that means for all of us as boat owners. Well, I, I think the, the obvious answer there is uh, higher <laughs> premiums because of the, the, the large boat, the tropical storm and hurricane season that we had last year. Um, a big reason for that is there are a couple of markets that are no longer riding business um, in Florida or, or pretty much anywhere during the you know during storm season in the storm uh, affected areas. So you have two markets that are no longer riding there. That narrows it down to two or three that are still riding there. Um, that's resulted in higher premiums, uh, much stricter uh, storm plan requirements. And, uh, you know, sometimes storm plan warranties that are thrown on these policies that uh, just, just make it very restrictive for people. Um, as mm -hmm. far as the, the amount of increase in premiums, I'm seeing some people at renewal time in Florida going up by as much as 80%. Wow. Um, so they That's definitely, obviously uh, they're, they're, they're definitely trying to recoup their losses. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the um, hurricane plans a little bit as we get into this. But let's first go to... Um, for those who maybe are new to the Great Loop and the idea of having a boat that's moving like this, um, many marine insurance policies have some geographic restrictions on where the boat can be during hurricane season. So tell us about that. 
Yeah, according to the company, the, the most standard one is 31 degrees north latitude. Uh, so between June 1 and November 1, they're going to want you to be north of 31 degrees north latitude. Uh, now, where that is is approximately Cumberland Island, Georgia, and it comes all the way across inland to about the top of uh, Mobile Bay. Uh, some other companies, it's 32 degrees, which would be more like Savannah, Georgia, and a little bit closer to Demopolis, Alabama, um, if you're on the inside of the loop. And uh, we do have one company that's 36 degrees, uh, which is all the way up at Cape Hatteras, or 100 miles inland if you're on the inland side. So it, it's really underwriter preference, and, uh, you know, once the attorneys start writing these policies and uh, the navigation wording that, you know, what they decide will be the best uh, fit for their policy and their appetite. All right. And that's obviously something loopers on the move are going to want to be aware of, um, whether that's 31 degrees north or 36. Uh, many loopers kind of on that traditional seasonal schedule, if they're following that, are further north than that anyway by now. Um, but of course, if you're trailing behind that schedule and, and still planning to move, but if at this point on June 1st, you're still below that point, it's probably time to consider moving north. Um, you mentioned hurricane season actually runs June 1st through November 30th. You mentioned November 1st, um, and I know every policy can be different, and we probably should preface this whole conversation by saying that, um, but is it typically November 1st is, is the tail end of hurricane that allows people to uh, be further south than that particular point? It, yeah, that, that's correct, Kim. Mo most, right now, the way the, the wording from most companies is June 1 to November 1. Um, I've been doing this about 15 years, and I've seen that date change a few times throughout the years. At one point, it was June 1 to November 15th, um, and I've also seen some companies who will have July 1 to November 1. So uh, really important to read your policy and your navigation just so you understand, one, what the dates are, and two, where you have to be north of during those dates. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if you um, aren't currently looping or you're not doing the traditional schedule. Um, we've certainly got, I'm sure, many listeners who keep their boats in Florida all or most of the time. Um, so this doesn't necessarily apply in the same way to them because they're already paying the increased premium to have a boat in the south during the peak of hurricane season. But can you give those people or perhaps, you know, people who are don't typically have a boat in Florida but want to do that for this summer, what kind of a percentage increase on premiums, would they perhaps be looking at ballpark figure um, versus having the boat further north? I would, you know, just a, a great rule of thumb, you're probably going to be looking at paying at least twice as much as what mm -hmm. you're paying if you keep your boat north during hurricane season. Um, some companies, it can be more than that. Some companies, it can be a little bit less than that. But, uh, you know, things that are going to factor in there is how old your boat where in Florida are you going to be? If you're going to be in the Jacksonville area, then you're probably going to be looking at a lot less than that. If you're going to be down uh, at Key West, then you're going to be looking at quite a bit more than that. Um, so mm -hmm. pretty much good rule of thumb, the further south, if you're down the southern four counties of Florida, that's going to be the more expensive area to be during hurricane season. Whereas the further north you come, the, the uh, a little bit lighter the premium and a little bit lighter the increase in premium would be for you. Yeah, I was actually talking to a member um, recently who has a boat that is for sale 
Um, so it hasn't been moving, but it is south of, you know, where it should be for hurricane season. And it's turning out to be uh, more cost effective for them to move the boat, even if it's just going to be sitting once it gets there, but to move the boat further north um, since it hasn't sold yet and, and wait out hurricane season there. So definitely something to consider. And I think a lot of people who are Florida boaters don't even realize that perhaps that's an option. And, and when you're looking at 80% increases in premium, moving it can certainly be pretty cost effective at that point. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're keeping your boat in Florida, um, let's say, or, or anywhere, you know, south of that 31 or so degrees north latitude, um, and you're used to paying that insurance premium, you know, that's just kind of always been what you've been paying for your boat, but you're getting ready to do the loop. I assume then savings could be had if you make sure your insurance company is aware that you are moving and you are going to be in the north for that season. Can you, you know, talk a little bit about what loopers should do as and keep their insurance company apprised of what they're doing on the loop? Absolutely. At renewal time every year, uh, when your renewal comes up, you should let your agent know what your plans are for the next upcoming year. So let's say you've been a, a Florida boater for 20 years and you've decided this year we're going to do the loop. At renewal time, let your agent know that. He can change your navigation um, from just Florida only to be in the loop with a north-south restriction, and you can save yourself quite a bit of money by doing it that way. Um, even if it's just for a year, you know, if you're you're saving, you know, 100% of what you were paying last year, 50% over what you're paying last year, then you, you know it's worth the phone call for sure. Well, absolutely, and, I, and I'm assuming they would want to do that anyway, even if it wasn't an insurance consideration. But you do want to make sure that your insurance company knows what your boating plans are and where the boat's going to be, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. That that should be something your agent reaches out to you every year before they do your renewal. I know here at our office at the 90-day point, we call all of our customers or send them an email and say, hey, what are your plans for next year? Uh, we need to know so that we quote you appropriately. Right. Well, and it's even even better if you're going to have some savings because you're moving the boat and you're going to be north. So that, that's good advice. We're going to take a brief break and play a message from one of our sponsors. Um, when we come back, I'd kind of like to jump into what to do if you are planning to remain in, in the hurricane zone during the season and what your insurance company might require of you. We'll be back in a moment. Winter Harbor Marina is located on the Oneida River 1.5 miles west of Oneida Lake in Brewerton, New York just minutes from Syracuse International Airport. Winter Harbor offers the lowest diesel fuel and gas prices from New York City to Canada. If you find a lower posted documented price, they will match it. Their amenities include complimentary courtesy vehicle, 24-hour pay-at-the-pump fueling, dockside water and cable TV, pristine bathrooms and showers, and emergency haul-out service. For more information, call 315 or visit www.winterharborllc.com. Winter Harbor is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio today. Our guest is John Horton with Jack Martin and Associates. And John is a marine insurance expert, and he's giving us some tips on what to do with our insurance regarding hurricane season. Um, so, John, we've talked a little bit about the idea that if you're at north of a certain location, there's some savings to be had on your policy, but that's not in everyone's plans. So let's talk a little bit about what to do if your boat will be staying in the hurricane zone during hurricane season. Besides a higher premium, of course, what else is your insurance company going to expect from you? 
Well, I would think the most important thing is where are you going to keep the boat and what is your plan if a hurricane is approaching that area? Um, so when they come to a hurricane plan, there's you know obviously many different things, many different places, many different ways of tying up. And uh, there are forms I'll send out to a customer that says, okay, here's the form that will ask you, you know, 20 to 30 questions. Where are you keeping the boat? How do you tie it up? Do you add chafe protection? Um, are you removing canvas? You know, there's just, just kind of a, a nice checklist to have for you that's, uh, you know, basically going to detail what your plans are if a storm is approaching your zip code. Um, what companies are looking for are, uh, you know, what they don't want to see is, hey, Jeff at the marina is going to go down there and, and checks the lines and he walks the docks during the storm. You know, what they do want to see is, hey, I'm going to double up all my lines. I'm going to be there, you know, during the storm to release lines as, as surge comes in or surge goes out so that uh, we're not having a lot of stress on the lines. Add some chafe protection, remove canvas, remove cushions, um, you know, plug up any holes where water could intrude into the vessel. Um, these are all things that, that a company is going to look for. Favorite thing for a company to see in a storm plan is the boat is going to be hauled ashore and lashed and covered. Uh, that, that's what they like to see the most. Um, and some companies are actually putting, not just for you to have a storm plan, they're putting storm plan warranties on their policies. This is after last year's storm season, uh, some of the, the stricter guidelines that some of these companies are putting on their customers. Uh, when, when I say a storm plan warranty, that's basically you as the customer warranting that this is the exact storm plan I will follow. If I do not follow this storm plan, then there's a possibility you would not have coverage on your vessel. So that's something you definitely want to look in your policy and make sure there's not some type of haul-out warranty that says, you know, I'm definitely going to have the boat hauled, or a, a storm plan warranty that says I am warranting that this is exactly what I'm going to do to protect my vessel. Um, I do know of one company out there that's actually putting just, just almost ridiculous storm plan requirements uh, for their customers. Things like, uh, I plan to have a, a, a storm-proof lash every five feet on the vessel that uh, will withstand up to a Cat 3 storm, which uh, you know, I'm not even sure where you would buy something that would guarantee a Cat 3, Cat 4, Cat 5 uh, uh, strength for a storm, but that's, that is the requirement that one of the companies out there is doing, and uh, we've been moving a lot of business away from them uh, because of that. Well, and I, that's uh, one of the benefits of doing business with a marine insurance specialist is that you can kind of navigate those waters, so to speak, um, for your customers and, and find them the company that's going to give them the best combination of, of coverage for price. So um, thanks for helping our members out with that. But that is an interesting question because as you were talking about a storm plan that might include haul out um, and lashing, it's great to have that plan. But when it comes down to a storm is coming and everybody's panicking, lots of boats are being hauled. Um, marinas are short on the ability time frame, you know, time and, and ability to do that. Um, so that may be a hard thing to really warranty. Would you agree with that, or do you have some suggestions on how somebody can make sure that their boat is, is you know, high on the priority list to get hauled? Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And, uh, you know, a lot of times these yards don't even have what they would call a hurricane club, where, you know, at the first of the year you could pay them $100 and be guaranteed a spot in their boat yard to be hauled. So it's a first-come, first-serve sort of basis. So if you're not the first 20 boats to go in the yard, you've got to look elsewhere. And uh, that, that's why it's really important to read those policies and make sure it's not a warranty. And also with these people who are cruising, 
Um, I'm seeing a lot of people that, you know, you create your storm plan that's for your your home base. Say my, say my home base is Annapolis, Maryland, and my plan is to have it hauled out at my local marina. Well, what if I'm on the Great Loop and I'm all the way down in Louisiana or uh, Alabama and the, when the storm hits? I, I can't really warranty that it's going to be hauled out in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, so that that's why it's really important to read that. And, uh, you know, a lot of the companies, the way the storm plan used to be before these warranties started being applied, uh, it was basically to assess you as a risk, to say, hey, is this the kind of person who is going to have a really well-thought-out storm plan? And uh, if so, you know, what is that storm plan? And th- this is the kind of guy that we would like to have as a customer is what the companies were thinking. Um, but that has slowly evolved into being a warranty with some companies out there. So um, definitely really important to, to read into your policy on that. Another question somewhat regarding that that, you know, it may not be a fair question to ask you, but I'll go ahead and ask it, and if it's not something you can answer, feel free to tell me that. But you mentioned as, as one of the things in the storm plan that the uh, insurance company would like to see is you being there during the storm to handle lines and make adjustments as needed. I know at least some of the marinas here in Charleston, when the last storm came through, required owners to evacuate and leave the boats. Um, you were not allowed to be at the marina. Have you seen that happen, and is that becoming kind of a juxtaposition between what the marina wants for their safety and safety of the people there versus what the insurance companies want? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of marinas as well have really good staff, and it's it's according to the marina. You know, some marinas do mm-hmm. require that, some do not. And the marina's thinking on that is, hey, you know, we're better at adjusting the lines on all the boats as one big group. Um, with with our trained professionals that have done this many times before, as opposed to you know maybe a first time person in the marina trying to adjust lines and doing them incorrectly, that could lead to the entire group being damaged. Right. Okay. So obviously, lots of things to consider, um, and and you know obviously make sure you're checking out your marina's plan as well as what your plan is going to be, and if you can find some place that'll guarantee you a haul out, that sounds like it's probably a great option at this point. Um, as I said, we are kind of seeing people doing the loop on somewhat of a less traditional seasonal type path. You know, we've still got boats in Florida, um, but it's always kind of been a question mark for boaters coming down the river system um, and perhaps running a little bit ahead of that November 1st date where they would want to hit Mobile Bay. Um you know, obviously the, the best plan is probably to slow down a little bit, enjoy some of the sights along the way, take a side trip on the Tennessee River perhaps. Um, but if for whatever reason someone is running a little bit ahead of that normal pace and is wanting to enter Mobile uh, Bay before November 1st, I've had some members who have told me that they were able to do that by contacting their insurance company. Is that something you've seen in the past, and is it something you anticipate still being able to do given the very active seasons we've had in the last few years? Yeah, we get this call every year. One of our busiest times of year starts around October 15th because we have so many customers that are either on the outside, uh, you know, down around Savannah, Georgia, waiting for November 1, and, uh, you know, they're wanting to go south earlier. Perhaps they're on the inside uh, at Demopolis, Alabama, with the same issue. Hey, I'm ready to go into Mobile Bay. Um, And so, like I said, we get hundreds of calls during those two weeks of the year with people asking that question. And um, the way the underwriters look at it, if you're with one of the companies that does have a north-south restriction on your policy, uh, which basically doesn't allow you south uh, during hurricane season, what they will do, they will allow you to do it um, as long as there is a clear weather window. They're going to look and say, hey, is there a storm coming off off of Africa uh, heading this way? If there is, then they're probably going to say, we don't want to do it. Um, or perhaps they'll let you do it uh, with no coverage for windstorm. 
uh, which is not something I would advise at all, but some people just, you know, are, are very confident in their abilities and, and are ready to get south, and they're the captain of their boat. So it's uh, definitely not something I would advise, but people do do that. And usually, you know, if as far as premium-wise, they'll charge you, you know, if you're going down for two weeks early, maybe 100 bucks for that two weeks uh, during hurricane season, um, according to the company. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely something they can do for sure. Good. And that's good to know. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, when we try to get this message across to newer loopers that, you know, there are some geographic restrictions on your marine insurance policy, and they hear that and think that's a hard stop, you know, November 1st at Demopolis. Um, and in a less active season, it's, it's maybe possible for them to keep on going if that's what they're hoping to do. So good, good for them to know that. Um, any other tips that you have, John, for helping to, you know, lower premiums if possible or to mitigate risks for losses during hurricane season? Yeah, absolutely. If if you're dealing with an insurance agent like myself or, or there are plenty of other good ones out there, um, use your agent and ask these kind of questions. Hey, what can I do to make my premium lower? And, you know, what, one obvious thing is you can go with a little higher deductible. Let's say you have a $1,000 deductible, get a quote for with a $2,000 deductible and see if, you know, if, if you're dropping the premium by 25%, then that, that may be something very viable for you to do and something smart for you to do. Um, so definitely uh, higher deductibles. Uh, another thing, I see a lot of people cruising the loop. I've been getting this a lot lately. So, hey, I'm doing the loop, but I'm doing it over five or six years. This year we're just doing the Great Lakes, and uh, we're going to haul the boat out during the wintertime and, uh, you know, just kind of hang out up in the area and, and drive around and, and visit some of the Great Lakes by land. Um, in that case, there's no reason to pay for the whole Great Loop navigation. You should only be paying for the Great Lakes navigation, which can save you a lot of money. Um, so little things like that are, are things that if you'll give your agent a call, he could definitely direct you or she um, to for ways to save on premium. It's one of the reasons that we would suggest you work with a marine insurance expert like John or one of the other AGLCA insurance company sponsors um, because they can help you know what coverages you're paying for to keep those premiums down. We've been seeing some threads in the forum lately where some insurance companies were um, coming through with some big premium increases unexpectedly to members. And when they investigated, there was some duplicate coverage there. The company had changed, you know, something about the way they were writing the coverage. And the, the premium went down substantially when the members investigated. So always either talk to your agent uh, if they have not contacted you proactively and keep them up to date on what you're doing. Ask questions about that premium um, because you may be able to experience some savings there. John, any other tips or any questions I haven't asked that you'd like to make sure we get across before we wrap up? I think, you know, one thing I would say, uh, definitely don't be afraid to call your agent and ask questions. I mean, that's what we're here for. Uh, we have an awesome staff as well that does nothing but service accounts. So uh, they're used to answering and fielding questions all day. And, uh, you know, make sure we're getting paid commission off of your policy. So make us earn our commission for sure. Great advice. John Horton with Jack Martin & Associates, thank you for joining us, and thank you for your sponsorship of AGLCA. We appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much for having me, and uh, everybody have fun out there. Oh, we will do it. And, and to our listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.